1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at
3: chumbacasino.com. No
2: purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: I wanted to call it. Where are you really from? But then I realized that someone else took the fucking title. It's already gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, my oh gosh. fuck. So my other, my other option was fat, femme and Asian, which is like, <laughs> literally like, that's why I'm the first guest. This is East Side Story, and I'm your host, Chiang Ng. Each week, I sit down with an Asian or Asian-American artist working in the New York theater scene, and I excavate their life story. How they grew up, how they got their start in theater, as well as projects they've worked on and upcoming work that we should anticipate. This week's guest is David Park, an actor and musician that has been seen on film, television, and the stage. He made his off-Broadway debut in Red Rose's Green Gold at the Mineta Lane Theatre and is a proud alumnus of Pace University. I met David during his off-Broadway run and I instantly fell in love with his charisma and talent. He has sung in multiple projects of mine, including my composer debut at Joe's Pub. I hope that after this podcast, you will also fall in love with this unique Korean-American man. So anyway, what's your name? Tell us more about yourself. Uh... Did, did you get my bio? Yes, I did. <laughs> I the LOL.
0: I didn't, did I say LOL in it? That's hilarious, um, unprofessional. Um, I'm David Park uh, from Los Angeles. Live here now, pursuing the the dream, as they say. Where is here? We're here in New York City. Yeah, they don't know that we're in beautiful NYU. The <laughs> facilities here, free,
3: free for life. Just graduated. Yeah, you know what's. And so you grew up in Los Angeles, and then when did you move to New York City?
0: I moved to New York in the summer of, fall of 20, what year is it now? 2019? So like 2013? Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, you moved in the summer of 2013? Well, because I moved here to go to school in the fall, so like the end of the
3: summer, beginning of the fall, like August. I moved here in, in the summer of 2013.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah.
3: After no. I graduated from college, so I'm older.
0: Well, but you knew I, I was older. But I also went to school late. Like, I'm turning 28 in September. But that's not old. You're still young. You're still in your 20s. I'm pretty old, dude. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I think I'm 28. I don't remember what. You I was think born you're 90, 28. I was born 91, so 29, yeah, 28. Yeah, you're 28. turning
3: 28. Math, quick maths. <laughs> Hashtag Asian. <laughs> um, before we, we delve into all that, why don't you talk a little bit about your experience growing up? You said you grew up in L.A., Grew up in L.A. In um, the city? So I grew... Okay.
0: Good question. Um, <laughs> my, like, childhood... Ch- I don't know. It's split, kind of. So from ages, like, born to 10, I lived in an area <laughs> called... Ages born to 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, great. I um I lived in an area called Hancock Park, which, if anyone knows L.A., it's now right across from where the Grove is now. But the Grove wasn't there when I was growing up, and it was, like, this... Really cute, like, apartment complex area that is now, like, super expensive and, like, bougie. And So you grew up bougie? or um, <laughs> I grew up poor and I'm still poor. Um, <laughs> but that, it's like La Brea, Tar Pits is the area, kind of. And then uh, it's really close to Koreatown, which is a really big area in Los Angeles. Um, and then I moved to Burbank when I was 10. And that's kind of where I lived until I moved here. So half in the city and then half, like, in the suburb outside of the main city
3: and you how many siblings do you have I have two siblings I have a younger brother Daniel uh, <gasps> Daniel yeah but I have not 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 our Daniel but not our Daniel I mean he's
0: still <laughs> my Daniel but not our Daniel. <laughs> Um, it's funny cause people call me Daniel all the time. People oh. that don't even know that I have a brother named Daniel. It's just like this, I don't know. It's this thing. And Koreans love to name their sons after like biblical characters. Koreans love Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's and, a stereotype, isn't it? Or like, it's true in my, in my world, all the Koreans I know, like either grew up in church or still go to church or like don't anymore. But did you go to church? I did grow up in church. Okay. I did. So D- David and Daniel, which is like. The most stereotypical... Like, David Park, there there were literally three David Parks in my high school while I was there. Like, <laughs> let's
3: get a little more original. Call me, like... Umbaku. DP.
0: Ooh. Uh, DP. Mm. Okay. Well,
3: <laughs> gay. Um, sorry, so I cut you off. And so you have a brother, just one brother, younger brother? No, and a younger sister who okay. just
0: graduated from UCLA. Yeah. And she's actually about to move to Korea. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. She's going to move there. Um. Not for any... Like, specific reason, it's not like she has, like, this career opportunity lined up. She just, um, she grew up in L.A., went to school in L.A., and I think because she's not really sh- sorry, Michelle, if I'm putting you on blast, uh, to me, it just seems like it's, it's an opportunity for her to expand her horizons and, you know, maybe a little soul-searching and just, it's somewhere she's always wanted to live, and I'm actually really jealous of that, because... Do you want to do that, too? Yes, I haven't been to Korea in, like, 17 years. Se- wow. Yeah, wow. it, it's been, I, last time I went, I was like 11 or 12, and uh, wait, have you seen The Farewell?
3: Mm, no, it just opened yesterday. Also, I don't know when this is going to come out, so, whoops. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to come
0: out in the past, so <laughs> The Farewell is still going to be a thing. Um Great. So, what? but also, if you're a real fan, you would have seen it on opening day, ah. but no big deal. The weekend numbers matter, so everyone go see The Farewell. <laughs> it's not going to come out today. <laughs> this is not radio. Great. Great. Um, but it's amazing, um, and A twenty four is putting out some great films. Cast me in a movie, um, but what I love the most about it is, and I don't know if this is necessarily an accurate statement, but it just feels like maybe the most important movie that I've seen um, for like Asian slash Asian American representation to like Western cultures and peoples. Because I mean, it just talks a lot about like. The culture and like the importance of family and, and do, do
3: you know the plot? I, I don't. I All I remember, well, I saw the trailer and I remember, like, I think the grandma's dying and they don't want to tell her. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's literally my life. My grandma passed, like, three years ago.
0: Yeah. And my an aunt of mine had, like, a small, like, cancer scare and she didn't tell us until after. And she was like, by the way, this happened and we're good. Oh, uh, it happens all the time. Yeah. And, I mean, so that had happened in my life and I was like, oh, that must be, like, a Korean thing. But I think it's, like, an Asian thing in general and... There's like this pivotal scene where it's you know spoiler alert okay it's okay, listen, it's not a big twist it's just it's a cultural lesson but Billy who's played by Aquafina is kind of the like the avatar for, for kind of
3: the Western society. Yes,
0: And me as an Asian American, like I recognize the themes, but I consider myself an American. And like, while I appreciate and recognize themes of like Asian culture, like I'm much more familiar with American culture. So even though I knew this was the thing because I had experienced in my own life, I was still like, okay, like where, where are they going with this? And like, how are they going to use this as a teaching moment? And like, how are they going to tie this together? And her uncle is telling her about like, we're not telling her because it's like, it's our job to carry that burden for her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, what what do you do by telling her? Like the doctors say this is incurable, it's mm. terminal. So there's nothing that can be done for her. So why not just let her live her life blissfully unaware and like happy, and we will carry this sad burden for her. And like, that is such an amazing sentiment. And he's like, yeah. He's like chastising her. He's like, it's not my fault that you're too weak, and like you're gonna feel guilty um, about quote unquote lying to her. Like it's it's your duty to be strong for her. Mm -hmm. And like I felt so moved by that because one, because it had happened in my life, and I was very confused when my mom told me what my aunt had done. But I just feel like okay. So you know that scene in Mulan. Uh, which the trailer for that looks amazing oh, as well. Oh,
3: my God. With with a bunch of problems, but we're not going to go into right now. Oh, that okay, okay. Right now. You're right. You're, <laughs> as a, yeah,
0: you would know more than me. Um, but the the scene where they're... they're after he's gotten his uh, conscription to go back to the army and they're eating their little dumplings, which always looks so good. Like the way they draw the food, it's amazing. You know when she like pours the tea into the cup? Oh my God, like I could talk about that forever. But um, they're sitting there and like she's talking, she's like, you shouldn't have to go fight. Like you already fought. And he's like, he, "He's like, it's bigger than that. Right. It's, this is for China. It's not about the Fa family. It's it's bigger. And like in a in a weird way, I was like, oh, the farewell is like, That family dynamic, if she had never run away and like they had just like explored that and like really gone through like she she has a very like I mean she's fighting for her father, but it's also like from Western mentality, it's like, no, like don't fight. Like you already fought, you're injured, you're probably gonna die. He's like, Right. Individual individualism and (laughs) he's like, listen, I know I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna die for my country. Right. So
3: That's also kind of crazy because like as I, I consider myself pretty young still. And I also have the mentality. I grew up in Singapore, but I'm like, fight for your country. I am not going to die for my country. Right. Let, that kind of like individualistic Western notion of like, me, me, me. And then you realize like Asian culture is a lot about we. It's a lot about family. Mm-hmm. It's about how you navigate your truth, but also like within the community.
0: Right, right. And, and it's it's the movie's so good because, farewell, um, because like you see the the adults that are more traditionally Chinese, like you see them, like they're not just robots that are like honor, like family. Like the uncle, he he goes through it, and you see him have a, a sweet, tender moment too. Like it's not that he's not struggling with it; he's just operating in a system that kind of doesn't allow him to explore that publicly because he he has bigger duties it's very powerful i can't wait for people to see it i think okay, it's gonna be really I have to amazing yeah i and, ended but, up
3: having to go see spider-man because my friends really wanted to listen that's a great movie too <laughs> but, it, all the, but all the all that to
0: say it really makes me want to go to korea okay and like i
3: mean i've i've
0: wanted to do that for years and years but
3: to live there like for a know. year or two or i don't more. know if i could live there like it but you, you've never tried it you that's true
0: But I think, I mean, what probably a lot of people don't understand about Asians that are born in America that have a loose, uh, like, connection to the motherland. But, like, I would not fit in in Korea. Like, I would very much be a foreigner there. Talk more about that. I mean, Korean culture is so different than American culture. Like, my grasp of the language is not fluent. There's, like, the vernacular that I have, like, someone saying lit and, like, you know, knowing, like like slang vernacular like that like i know nothing of that in korea and something as simple as that to kind of um like demonstrate that there's just a whole world that i'm not a part of there um but also like culturally i feel a tie to you know like those roots and i would want to explore that it's it's very it's like the dichotomy of my life as a korean american man
3: did you grow up Speaking Korean in your family, did your parents—I remember we kind of talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. before, where, like, your parents sent you to Korean it's like language school, and then you were like, I don't want to do this.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I thought it was the worst thing ever because it was Saturday morning, and all my friends at school were, like, not—you know, they were playing video games, and my ass had to wake up at 8 and go to Hangarakyo. <laughs> <laughs> like, all my Koreans out there know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of, like, second-generation kids of any, any country know, but— yeah, I mean, I would take my Game Boy and just train my Charizard. Let's go.
3: <laughs> and and your parents are first generation immigrants. Mm-hmm. And when did they move here? Did they so, meet here or did they meet in Korea?
0: So they they technically met here. My so my dad my dad has a huge complicated story. He never met his birth father because um, my grandfather passed away while my grandmother was pregnant with my dad. He's the youngest wow. of four. He has three older sisters, and um, during the Vietnam War. My uncle Harvey, who was an American GI, was stationed in Korea as a communications officer. And he met my aunt and fell in love. Um, and they, he married her and then he emigrated them back to the States. But because of, well, originally it was just her and my grandma. Um, but he brought my dad with him when my dad was like a teenager. But because of kind of logistical issues, he actually adopted my dad.
3: Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, because of like visa and like mm-hmm. family and like siblings. Mm-hmm. And
0: my uncle Harvey had to be honorably discharged because he was marrying an Asian woman during the Vietnam War. Like, like it was this whole thing. Holy um, fuck! So my dad half grew up in Korea and half in America. So he grew. He was fluent in English. Mm. Um, so I think that kind of contributes to me not being as strong in Korean that I might have been, if like maybe his English had been weaker, like I would have been forced to use a lot more Korean at home. Like I speak Korean exclusively with my mom, but she's like kind of the only person that I feel comfortable using my Korean with because I'm so self-conscious of it. Right, right. So like, I know
3: she'll understand what I'm saying, but it's like, It's truly like a second-grade vocabulary. It is so interesting. Um, I mean, I'm a first-generation immigrant, and it's like I never even realized until very, very recently that I communicate with my parents purely in Chinese. Hmm. Like we don't speak. The only time we speak English is when we text, Mm -hmm. and then it's like right. You told me that once. What? And and it's just it's subconscious because you you I I cannot imagine being a a second-generation American, having grown up in America, but like trying to think about your ties and what you are, what your relationship with your home country is, because I grew up completely in my home country. And then that's a whole different um, experience. For sure. But, so.
0: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I I get this, like, pang of, it's a very complicated emotion that I don't know how to describe, but the flavors are like guilt and sadness and regret of, when I'm when I'm speaking to my mom and like I want to tell her things I'm feeling and going through, but I literally don't have the vocabulary to express the depth of my emotion to her because I I just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And even if I try to say in English, like she doesn't know how to receive that.
3: Oh, and, did she not speak.
0: Uh, I mean, she's English? she spoke a little English earlier, but like she's used it less and less growing up. So it's really just like. Like, her English vocabulary is, like, a little, like, I would say a little weaker than my Korean, but it's not not by much. Mm. Um, so, it, it's, like, my mom and I have a deep emotion. Like, I know she understands me. And whenever I go to her with issues and, like, I'm feeling things, like, she'll just give me advice without me having explaining what I'm feeling. Mm. That just always hits home. And I'm so grateful for that. But it's also, like, there are times
3: that... I can't even speak to my mom in a way. You know what I mean? That is so fascinating to be like, you grew up together. I mean, she raised you. Yeah. But there's this barrier of communication Mm -hmm. where like you have a vast understanding of English and a small understanding of Korean and your mom has a vast understanding of Korean, and a small understanding of English. And then how do you, how do you communicate? Right. Like the person that knows me the
0: most, I can't talk to. about the things I want to talk to uh, about the most. And I'm trying to learn better Korean. But, you know, they say it's harder to learn a language as you get older. Uh, Oh, of course. I mean, I'm familiar with it. But, like, just to be fluent in another language is like a whole other thing. Like the nuance that you, I don't know.
2: We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In
2: line at the deli, I guess? Aha,
1: in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the
2: car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: And I grew up, I remember having an epiphany like years back of realizing that growing up I had subconsciously resented my mother or like judged my mother for not being able to speak English and being like, oh, like, or I I think I realized that on some level I've been like, is my mom dumb? Like, is, is, wow. you know what I mean? Just because like, as a kid, I was like, I'm American. I'm growing up in America. I speak English. Like, that's the standard I have. And my mom's like, well, I realized that she grew up in Korea. Like, she's fluent in, like, she's this whole other person that I don't even know because...
3: I can't access it.
0: Right. Isn't that crazy?
3: I'm just having all the feels because I'm like, I I just can't imagine being in in your position because, oh, my God. But also, like, latching onto like, literally what you just said, you grew up and you thought, hey, I'm American. At what age or, like, at what – when did you realize that being American had all these, like, subsidiaries? Right. That, like – that I was a flavored American because I'm not white. <laughs> when, <laughs> yellow when did you realize that uh, um, yellow flavor?
0: I don't know if I have, like, one moment that, like, is is the one that in my pensive, like, you go to and it's like, oh, my God, this is the memory. But there just have been moments in my life where I was made to be very aware that I wasn't the white kid. Like throughout the time you're growing up, or yeah, yeah, I'd say there was like a thing at like in junior high, a thing in high school, and then like now that I'm an actor in New York and like pursuing a career um, in acting, it's it's not like people are like, oh, you fucking chink. Like it's it's not aggressive. It's just like understanding how the world operates and how the world consciously and subconsciously views me. Like what, so, in junior high, I remember like there were these group of girls that were. We call them fobs, fresh off the boat. La la uh, All the Asians <laughs> all the Asians know what that is. Yes. Um, it's funny because the word for plane in Korean is Piangi, so it's the same B sound. So Koreans say fresh off the piengi That's a little inside <laughs> joke. Um, but they were like super into K pop and stuff. And I was I remember like having this reaction, like looking back, I'm like, wow. But being like, oh, my gosh, like, stop being s- such a fob. Like, can you just be normal? Oh, wow. I said that to a Korean person. And, like, now that I'm older and have the, the blessing of hindsight, I'm like, wow, like, you really were so hurt, not because of something that explicitly happened to you, but just because the environment you were in, you were told that, like, you're abnormal, like, get in line.
3: Right. The idea of normality. And and that's also kind of crazy because that goes towards not just race, gender, identity, sexual orientation. It's everything. Everything seems to be geared towards a cis, white, male-centric world. But the good thing is, like, everyone is talking about it right now. Right. And the more we are aware of it, the more we can subvert it, the more we can open up discussions um, to, have, to, to have a better, more inclusive society for people who are just not the same as you.
0: 100%. And, like, that's the beauty of Twitter. And, like, everyone has a voice. And, like, sometimes I can get a little crazy and out of hand on both sides, I would Absolutely. say. Um, because it it always comes from a place of self-preservation. It's, like, I have to say my voice and I have to protect my own because no one is standing up for me. And, like, I totally get that. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's it's crazy. Like, we're making up the rules as we go in, in an attempt to just fully embrace everyone. So, it, you know... It's yeah? uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
3: just got to leave with love, you know? Oh, my God. Let's talk a little bit about um, your experience here in New York City. So you came here for school. You went to Pace University for musical theater. Go, Pace. And how how was that experience? Um,
0: it was a really great experience for me. When When I decided to pursue theater, I had done a... A production of Hairspray at the community college I was attending back home. Yes, Asian Hairspray. I was Link, baby. Oh. And I was like 210 pounds. It was. I love lit. it.
3: I love Yo, it. Yeah,
0: I was like Elvis past his prime. The lights went off.
3: <laughs> Motion sensor. Here. Pause, pause. And we're back.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep that in.
3: Okay, we'll see. So yes. So yes, you were saying Link. Hairspray. Hairspray, Link, 210 pounds.
0: Yeah, oh, I we got pictures at, at David Hyunsu Park, um, but. <laughs> It, it's one of the only moments in my life where like lightning at a bottle, I was like, oh my God, like, this is what I'm meant to do. Uh, (laughs) So dramatic. But um, yeah, I wanted to move to New York because I had a dream and still have the dream to be on Broadway, but I wanted to go to school because I'm like, I'm not going to do this without nothing. Like I need, I need experience. I need to. I just felt so behind because I I was hyper aware growing up with kids in Burbank, California, which is like where all the baby actors are in SoCal, um, that like kids had grown up doing this. So um, I looked into Pace and I really liked the vibe. It was just like up and coming and like RSL was on staff there. And he's like someone that I knew in my limited uh, knowledge of like the musical theater world. and. Funny, like that's the only school I applied an audition for, and I was like, "Wow, this I was bitch. like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it up to you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it." I was like, I like this random production had felt like fate to me, so I was like, I think fate can do it one more time. I just needed that push.
3: Sometimes you, sometimes you just never real. Well, I think when you have faith, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it's not, and and sometimes. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, and it's okay.
0: Yeah, but see, Qiyang, I think in that sense, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Like, that means faith is always working. Whether it works or it doesn't. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think my life has shown me time and time again that, like, things work out, and when they're meant to work out for me. Right, absolutely. Um, Because of, like, when I'm ready for it, when I'm not ready for it, etc. But, yeah, Pace was great because I was hoping for... One
3: experience, two training, and I think I got plenty of both there. So you went to school in 2013, and you graduated in 2017. Yes. Right? And what have you been up to since? The the first time I saw you was... In Red Roses, Green Gold. Red
0: Roses, Green
3: Gold. At Off-Broadway. Shout out. Uh, and that is um, with one of my very, very close friends, Debbie Christine Jong. Love her. <laughs> she's killing it right now. And Living the best life. Hon- honestly. Truly. honestly. And I'm like, why are you not on MasterChef? Shout
0: out to Debbie. Okay, wait. <laughs> uh, quick tangent. She cooked me a literal beef wellington, <gasps> Golden Ramsay's <laughs> recipe, and it tasted freaking am- Like, she's... I know. What I, can't I, she I, honestly, do? <laughs> honestly. Plays every saying. instrument, sickest voice, like nicest person, great chef. I need her on this
3: podcast because I need to talk. Like, I've known her for, I don't know, 14 years.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. How, how small of a world? Like, insane.
3: Insane. That's like before I came here. Also, good like, job, Singapore,
0: because y'all <laughs> pumping out some real talent. I gotta say, real talent. <laughs> represent, represent. Isn't, isn't what's her face from Singapore? Julia Bueva? She- yeah,
3: she's also from Singapore. Listen,
0: Singapore. Singapore. <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians, let's freaking go.
3: <laughs> but, okay, so let's talk a little bit about when you first graduated. You started, you, was that the first audition you went on again?
0: I, I, that's how I remember it. was, like, if not the first, like, one of the first. I got through CGF.
3: This girl is insane. You. Debbie. <laughs> Debbie you, that girl. You. <laughs> I'm not. Listen. It's, like, first job out of school off-Broadway. So, Red Roses, Green Gold. Which was a huge blessing. And, like, I'm so grateful for that
0: experience because I learned a lot, just a lot. Like, I can't even begin to describe all the lessons I learned from that production.
3: You were so charismatic on stage. You played the guitar, you sang, you you. danced, your face off. Okay, but here's the real lesson of that
0: experience that we closed February um, of whatever year it was,
3: 2018.
0: And I didn't book another theater job until a, a full ass year.
3: Earlier this year.
0: Yeah. So in hindsight, a year, it feels like nothing. But I remember during it, I was during like, it, whoa. Like, yeah, yeah, And like already, like I closed Grease at Pioneer three weeks ago. And I'm I'm already in that like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like as an actor, we are so hungry to be present in the moment of like being booked and blessed, which like is not a bad thing to revel in. But um, it's just so crazy how like short-term memory I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. But But I'm grateful for that year where I didn't. Get any jobs because it just taught me a lot about patience and and understanding that it's truly you know they say it's not a it's not a
3: sprint it's it's a marathon right
0: and I was like yeah yeah yeah. got it got it like there'll be like there'll be a couple months where
3: I won't work whatever no a year and also a year is not a long time it's relatively no there are actors who have not well I've not worked in a long long time you're killing it in other ways eastbound eastbound come on come on but I'm like. You know, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. I have a lot of friends who have not been working for like almost three or four years since graduation. And that's just kind of like the where the business is at right now. Yeah. And I think everybody has their own trajectory. And there's no, like, I mean, there are people who succeed right away. And then when you start comparing right. yourself to that, it's yeah. like, why am I not doing that? It's right. like, you don't really have an answer to that. Right.
0: But also with Instagram, where everyone is posting their successes, which like, that's no tea, no shade. Like, you should post your success. Absolutely. You should be proud. Um, but but like, also with how small this community is, it's like, I have friends that are constantly succeeding and I'm not unhappy about that at all yeah but there's that voice in your in the back of your head that's always like collecting that being like why aren't you like what what's wrong with you
3: oh absolutely and and bringing it back to like being asian as well it's like the idea of like success to an asian family Mm -hmm. is it looks a certain way because that's how we grew up i I hope this changes in the next generation but success definitely looks a certain way every time i go home my aunt is like so when are you buying this car when are you buying this home when are you going to support your parents in this way right and some, it's, it's not that that is a bad sentiment to have mm-hmm. and, I, and I understand what that is, but going off of like, n- no, that's <laughs> success is defined by yourself. Like you define success. I completely agree. Yeah, I
0: completely. And like, I think as, so what I'm grateful for my, my parents for is they, success to them is defined by me pursuing what makes me happy. Oh, wonderful. And what, what will make me feel like I'm living a life that I want to lead but they you know like they don't want me to be starving and poor like yeah
3: absolutely like
0: it it, when Asian parents like tiger moms and tiger dads do that stuff like it's from a genuine place of like I don't want you to struggle like I did or like I want you to succeed and it's up to kids and parents alike that are still you know struggling with that to like make sure that they know where that's coming from right and that's just like humanity in general it's like What, what? why are you saying the things you're saying why are you doing the things you're doing like where does it come from
3: don't you think it's like such a privilege too to be doing what we do 100% like, there are people who have to worry about what they have to eat tomorrow and like we're here talking about our lives in the theater 100% and sometimes I mean this is something that is kind of like weighing on me it's like where do I stand in the global scale right now like so much shit is going on so many bad things are happening how can I play my part? How can we play our part in making the world a better place? Is mm-hmm. it changing people one step at a time? Is it, like, what is it? And and then you really have to, like, self-reflect, right? You have to think about the things that really, really matter to you and the things that, sometimes we get so harped on the littlest things that we get mad on. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do you ever feel that? It's like, why am I angry over this, like, insignificant thing like right i can't i can't name an example off the top of my head right now but like are are you talking about like political stuff or just like in your own life just in my own life just i mean also political stuff but political stuff is a whole other right but that's why you have to go out
0: and vote
3: oh absolutely and i I can't vote right
0: right no i know that but i think i in in a sense it's like there's only so much you can do like you can you can fucking share all the all the videos on Twitter that you want, like that's not doing anything. That's just like, your, pre- your followers, I guarantee that they think the same thing you do. Like, yeah. and like your tweets not going viral. Like, what are you doing to make this world a better place? And like me as an actor and as a, just a person, like I can vote and then I can have meaningful conversations out of love with people because yelling at someone, one has that ever made someone change their mind?
3: Literally on that point, a lot of people, and this was something that we talked about earlier as well, right? Like, a lot of people engage other people by confrontation mm-hmm. versus conversation. Right. And I, I'm a personal believer that no confrontation is going to yield positive results in the way that conversation can. Absolutely. Especially in politics, I think. I mean, one thing that I recently started doing is, like, started to listen to right-wing podcasts. Because mm-hmm. I really wanted to understand... Where are they what, coming where, yeah, from? Yeah, where 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 the thoughts line? and 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 I and I'm liberal, but I'm also like I kind of I feel like I'm very centrist. I I get I, it. I, I get both. I Completely agree. Like I have That's very the liberal Asian-ness things. In us. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the dichotomy
0: of like we're being... literally Switzerland, like <laughs> neutral as fuck. But it's you know what, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it's funny because I have family that like lives in Texas. Koreans tend to be very conservative, mm-hmm. so I grew up and I decided for myself, what I believed and what I think. And that's changing every day, you know, based mm-hmm. on my experience and what I'm seeing and, and learning and reading. But I have family members who are very conservative. And I know that they're not crazy, racist, bigoted, like, assholes. Right. I, I know that they believe that for a specific reason. And maybe they're ignorant to certain things that I, that I am aware of that makes me think differently from them. But... I think what happens when all the discourse happens over Twitter is you don't get to know that about the person. You just see the all bold cap text of like, uh, you know, I don't even know. But then that dehumanizes people. And that's like, okay, well, that's that person. I'm this person, enemies. But it's like, we're we're all, everyone that gets mad is because they're hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what they say? Like hate and love are closest, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like yin and yang, like that, that is true everything has another side to it that's directly connected. So why are you doing the things you're doing? Why do you say the things that you say? Like, I think that's imperative for people to understand that about each other or, like, this is never going to change.
3: Right.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: (gasps)
2: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: What do you think um, living in New York, what have you learned in terms of like your life experience living in New York as an Asian American person, a Korean American person, and acting? in the musical theater world, what do you think you have learned that other people can stand to hear from? Like, Mm. you're like, if I could tell you one thing, this is what I would love to tell you. Okay.
0: I think what what I'm going through right now is I have been, you know, so many people say like, these things are wrong with this industry, like X, Y, Z. And it's not that I don't see it. It's not that I even necessarily disagree. But I think for me, after hearing that so much, I was like, well, yeah, it's everywhere. Like it's, I, and I got indignant and upset and I started bringing that into the audition rooms and like being mad about something, being stressed about something that has never made me better for it. Mm. It, it only makes me more confused. It makes me hurt and sad and, and, and self-conscious. And I started realizing, this is actually a recent thing for me of being like, am I projecting all this? Like, do, do Are they really, like, sitting there with their arms crossed being like, well, impress me, kid. Like, we have this white guy that we want to cast. But, like, maybe if you change my mind, like, I'll cast you instead. Like, that could happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that's happening in every room I'm going to. You
3: no, know what I mean? Think I, I, I totally understand where you're, where you're coming from as well. Because it's, like, it's so easy to, proje- it's so easy to project your insecurities onto exactly. what is happening. And that's
0: what I realized I was doing. Is like, you know... I'm I'm a very self conscious person. As I think it is. all all
3: of us are, right? I, I don't mean, are yeah, day.
0: I don't mean to put myself on a pedestal like that, but I just realized that like I wasn't doing myself any favors by like again it's it's and this is not me dismissing any of that. It's being like I understand that that's happening, but I just need to have I need to find a better way of like logging that information in and like understanding that that's a goal of mine to help contribute to like changing, but also it's like. I also have to live my own life and, and not let that, like, cripple me in every room I walk in. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Because I think people want me to succeed, and, like, I want to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I think you are doing really, really wonderful. Thanks, like, man. think about you just played Kaniki in Greece. It was so fun. And you're Asian, so it's like, how many how many Greece productions have Asian people in it?
0: Yeah, especially a role like Kaniki, who is, like, the, the maybe you know borderline toxic masculinity presence in the show but it's like a lot of asian men don't get to portray someone like hyper masculine they're they're kind of like the nerds or the sidekicks um and it's so funny because he you know in the show he has grease lightning which is like the super elvisy song and my dad in college was called korean elvis (laughs) and he was in this like like tech for like engineering frat or something <laughs> and his frat fraternity brothers would take him to sorority row and like have him croon the sorority girls out onto the balcony so it really fell full circle for me
3: <laughs> did you dad get to see the production he did he loved it hmm. they loved it that's great that's great if you could give yourself one advice um to your younger self what would you say to little david park oh man um
0: <sighs> I'm gonna cry that I mean, there's a lot, but a lot of my issues today, my confidence issues, my self worth issues come from like image issues. Mm. I grew up really chubby, and I grew up like I have really chinky eyes, all these things like that compared to people that I saw were getting all the attention. I was like, oh, well, you're not that, so you're not you're worthless, and like it's years and years and like current battles of just like undoing that trauma and so I would tell little David that it's like you are enough and that's so cliché but it it's just so true and i i don't doubt that many people need to hear that
3: absolutely absolutely i think you are enough thanks man yeah <laughs> you're smiling you, you you you're one of the wo- most wonderful people i've known because truly your work i think is great and you have a great voice and you always bring this energy into the room that's like completely fresh and you so it's like whenever we get to work together i'm like yeah david's my guy i so
0: in greece um i was really close with our sandy emma hearn who's amazing Mm -hmm. if you ever need a white girl she's your girl (laughs) um but we were talking one night it's like i get to connive so much in rehearsals just because i and this is like one of the few compliments i will give myself it's like i just know how to pick the spots man like (laughs) Like the moments where like I can do, some, do or say something really stupid and like it won't detract, but it'll like kind of refresh the room. So thank you. Yeah. I, I, that is a compliment that uh, like there's a million compliments that I will not accept at my heart because I'm too self-deprecating to honestly. But that's one that I'll be like, thank you. I appreciate that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, a few other questions before we wrap this up. Um, what will you want to do in order for you to say I've made it? That is a loaded question. It is. It absolutely is. Because
0: I, and honestly, I think a part of me hasn't fully accepted what I deem as success yet. Mm. When, when I had my first meeting with my agents, they're like, what career do you see that you can model yours after? And I was like, honestly, none, because there aren't enough, there isn't enough diversity of, of Asian Male actors that I've seen, where I'm like, oh yeah, like I really see myself in that. Like, I see a little John Cho in me, I see a little Randall Park. I see a little Daniel Day Kim. But like, those are three men, and I'm, I'm, no, I'm missing some. But like, three men out of so many like white and other raced men that have such vast careers. Yeah, just think about the Chris's. different types, you know? Yeah, I mean, literally just the Chris's and like, yeah. So. Um, but I was like, you know what I want, I want to say that I want an EGOT and like, that's not me saying that I'm going to win one. I mean, that'd be great. But it, <laughs> it's cause I said that because it would mean that I had a diverse career cause mm. I have so many interests mm. and I just want to like work with people and like do things, you know? So, but uh, that's, so that's like the, the um, success oriented side. But honestly, like if I can make money being an actor and support a family and like, have a have a wife and kids that's a great life man i'm yeah. like i don't know if i need much more than that
3: yeah and i think just elaborating on that for me at least what i'm picking up on is the idea of joy mm-hmm. you know as long as you you love what you're doing and you are succeeding at what you're doing but you know making a living and and doing what you love hey man it's not what you do it's how you do it yeah absolutely. That,
0: that is the truest thing ever absolutely also in the farewell <laughs> go see the farewell <laughs> This this podcast this sponsored. (laughs) Literally sponsored by the farewell Aquafina.
3: Sponsor us, Aquafina. You
0: can Venmo me at David Parkey. That's that's with a Y.
3: (laughs) Um, Before we go, do you have any questions for me? Any questions for you? Yeah. Anything that you would like to know? Anything you would like to. Say anything you'd like to find out. Yeah, so deep, w- dark secrets. When are you writing this Crazy Rich Asians musical? Oh my God. Crazy Rich Asians sponsor us. <laughs> uh, li-
0: literally. Um, can I have a part in it? I, w- I will be janitor number three
3: in that production. I don't care. Um, I already actually talked to my agent about this. And he was like, you are not going to write the show. <laughs> he, d- he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He was just like, well, the studios are going to take a long time yeah, before this She bitch bet.
0: I will write the show.
3: I was like... How many Singaporean writers do you know? Literally, like, literally school theater writers. Yeah, there's
0: if, if two, like no. I'm not gonna name any names, but if a certain, if certain individuals that are obviously a higher profile, it, I just if a white man writes this musical, I'm be pissed. <laughs> it, like, if it's not Chieung, then someone, like, make him black, yellow, bra- something. Anything, anything. Anything. I cannot have a white man write that musical. But then I should write the musical. That's what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> All right, we're making this happen. You heard it here first. At John M.
0: Chu. I, I've added so many people. <laughs> this, I'm, this is a PSA. I'm putting
3: y'all on blast. Did you like that episode of East Sight Story? If you did, follow us on Instagram at East Sight Story Pod and at Chiang Music. Go on to Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, and don't forget to subscribe. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can also click the follow button. Even better, you can tell someone about the podcast. And the best part, they don't even have to be Asian. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll see you next week.